Welcome to Come Alive, the Living Spiritfully Guide to Thriving, where we explore the 12 permaculture principles as accessible ways of living a joyful life. We are your hosts. My name is Paul Galoro. And I'm Catherine Stilo. And today we're exploring design principle number three, obtain a yield. Now, Catherine, before we get into today's principle, I want to know how did your own work go this past week? My own work this past week, it was awesome. I really allowed myself to be in the moment. And I know that I had things to do in the day and I let myself go with what kind of what inspired me in the moment. And so I was accentuating the joy by doing the thing that I felt like doing in that moment. And um, one of the days it was even, it, it hadn't even been on my list, but I was like, oh, I feel like um, baking some cookies and making this like spice nut mixture. And so it was, I, I woke up in the morning and I just thought, well, I, I just feel like doing that. So I'm going to do that. And it really didn't take that much time out of my whole day. I still got to everything else. And then at the end of it, I had these amazing treats to eat. So I love yeah, that. that's how my homework went. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that almost like ties into what we're going to talk about today. I took the opportunity to sit in a shaded area and a sun, sunny area. And I have to say, aside from like feeling the difference, which was lovely, it was also just very beautiful to pause. I noticed in the sunny area, I almost felt like I was charging myself with the energy of the sun. But then when I sat in the shaded area, I almost felt like it was my opportunity to sort of not so much cocoon, but just sort of a, 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 a detach from everything else and just have a space to myself. It was really neat. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Tuning into shifting energies. Yes, because then very yeah. similar to like what you were talking about, then, then now I know it's like, okay, based on how I'm feeling, do I want to sit in the sun or am I, you know, do I need to shade it up a little bit? Amazing. Now let's get to today's topic of obtain a yield. And I'm gonna start off uh, with a little Zen tale about the drunken boatmen. Two men had been indulging heavily at the tavern one night and they decided to take a boat and row down the river to the next town. They went down to the dock, jumped in the boat and started rowing. They rowed through the night and they were near exhaustion. Now, as dawn came up, people started to come down to the riverside and the men recognized some familiar faces that they had seen at the tavern the night before. And so the men asked these friends, hey, how did you get here so fast? We've been rowing half the night. And then someone on the riverbank pointed out that they had forgotten to untie the boat. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to say that I've been in this situation before. But I may have been in this situation before. I don't want to admit it either, but I have may have been in this situation myself. We may have been rowing that we boat may, together. We may have been. So I love I love the way this story illustrates obtain a yield because obtain a yield is basically like make sure that your efforts <laughs> have some result or benefit from them. So I mean, we look at the guys in this story and clearly you know, exhausted from their efforts and yet 
have gone nowhere. Right. So um, obtain a yield is basically about, you know, make sure that the effort that you're putting in has some benefit. And, and if we, you know, if we think about, um, well, you know, like what, so what is a yield? What, like, what are, what are we trying to do? And if we tie it back into permaculture, um, uh, most of the time we're talking about food and food production. So how do I have a system that grows the most food? Can I plant in a way that grows the most food? But it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be food. Right. It doesn't always, a yield, a yield, um, doesn't always mean that it's food. It can be something that just regenerates the system. So something that can go back in, um, it, you know, maybe it's, it's income or profit that can be invested in um, other structures, equipment, like something that fuels it. Uh, it might even be fuel. I mean, maybe it's that we have a, a woodlot that we're using to grow trees for a wood stove to heat the house. Right. So, so something that is um, going back into the system and a successful system is a regenerative system. So we, we talk about these positive feedback loops that um, encourage the growth and the replication of the system. Right. This yeah. This makes me think of what we talked about last week about uh, the importance of, of preparing soil. So we're not growing food, we're growing soil. Yeah. Um, and this, this idea of the yield, I don't know, I, I haven't, and I'm sure you have something that you can uh, suggest for this, but the idea that I think in my mind is, is maybe planting some things that I wouldn't necessarily eat, but after they fall off of their plant, they'll fall into the ground, get uh, decomposed, and then fuel the soil, which will then fuel the things that I plant in that soil to eat. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, that's, that's, ex that's exactly it. Um, the, so tying back to the growing the, growing the soil, um, there's lots of things that can be grown for um, other purposes other than food. So the yield would be, I'm growing this to be the mulch for my garden. And there's a couple plants. Um, um, comfrey is one that is typically grown as a mulch. Um, some people are, are a little bit reluctant to plant comfrey because it, it does spread if you deserve, uh, disturb the roots. Mm. Um, but it makes a great mulch because you just cut it down and then it mulches. Elecampania is another one plants that have these big leaves, um, you know, cutting them down. And then that is just what goes on the garden to, and they, so the yield is the fuel for the soil. So again, this positive feedback loop for, for the soil. Right. Um, we rake up our leaves and then we just put those leaves as mulch in the fall and then let them sit over winter and they start to decompose and they become soil. So we move them from where they were to the garden bed and mm -hmm. have grown soil. Can we just sidebar on that for a second? Yeah. There's a yeah, lot yeah. of controversy, and I use this word lightly, controversy in the sense that people are sharing things on Facebook is what I mean. But I've seen a lot of memes back in the fall that say, don't rake up your leaves because that's where like little mice and things like to go burrow and, and have their protection oh. for the winter. 
Now, my question is, like, you're just moving it from one place and putting it somewhere else still outside. You're not putting them in brown bags and having somebody pick it up and take it away. So that still, like, what you're doing has a major benefit, both for the little critters that are going to dwell under there and also the soil. Yes. So when we rake up the leaves, we're, we're talking about the leaves that are on the um, kind of the open spaces where we would be walking. Right. So those those little critters wouldn't typically make their home there anyway. So if we just move those off of the open spaces um, and take it, so where they would have decomposed and not really had any benefit to the system and move them to a place that they have benefit, the leaves that we do leave, <laughs> the leaves that we do leave <laughs> are kind of in the, the little bit of forested area or directly under the trees. And then it creates those homes for those furry little creatures and it also feeds the tree again because we want to make sure that tree that has its own little system there going on has its own nutrition from the leaves that it pulled up but yeah definitely the bag bagging the leaves is a, a lost opportunity to have some of that energy now there is a distinction if we're getting a little complex um, some people say oak leaves don't use those because they're a little bit acidic. But but I mean, if mulch is something that is of interest, then you know, dig into the specifics of it. So the other thing that comes to mind in, in this uh, story and is kind of tied into what we were just talking about is really changing our thinking about things. What are these boatmen tied to? You know, like, are we tied to an old way of thinking that is that is no longer working? And I, and I think of you know, if we talk about productive systems, I look at kind of how traditional um, or, well, how industrial agriculture is set up. Um, and that's an idea that many people are tied to. And yet that system is not a productive system. That system requires so many inputs, does not come back every year, has to be replanted because, because everything got harvested and taken out of the soil and hauled away there's nothing that's regenerating that soil. So massive amounts of chemicals have to go in to be able to grow the food again the next year. So old way of thinking, and yet there's reluctance to let go of that because that's what is known. Whereas productive systems, if we actually untie our boat <laughs> and let ourselves go into a different way of thinking, you know, productive systems will actually be those ones that are regenerating themselves where the rewards of that system encourage the success and the growth and the replication of that system. And I think, I think of an adage in permaculture, um, there's one that goes around, grow food, not lawns. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like a mantra, grow food, not lawns. Mm -hmm. um, basically saying like, let's, let's do away with this traditional manicured lawn as a status symbol and and actually implement a, a productive system where where we get a yield from it whereas i mean i i this is where we get into well i get a yield from looking at my beautiful lawn and okay well that's okay it's just what's what yield do i want if if right. that's what we want then that's okay but if we would like to get a yield that we can actually eat and then the system regenerates itself then let's look at planting food and things like that so i yeah. have to say thank you for this conversation because i'm so inspired to prepare the soil for planting 
even just this i'm not like i'm i can't have anything the size of yours at this point because i don't even know if i'm going to be able to maintain it but i'm really excited about starting something small um just to obtain a yield of like fresh tomatoes because who doesn't love fresh tomatoes yeah and once you've had one fresh tomato out of your own garden that you grew yourself i'm gonna tell you ruined ruined for tomatoes <laughs> um and 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 i think the thing is don't worry about the the scale or the size and i mean it, we when we get into further um principles of permaculture we're going to dive into this too but the, it's not the scale it's just you know one thing that that grows that gives a yield and and that feeling it doesn't matter how big or small the system is um it's still giving that that satisfaction that benefit that yield from it that joy amazing so um our yield is mostly food um and we want to sort of set up the system so that it's regenerative you as you mentioned grow foods not lawns anything else to add it doesn't always have to be food if we let things wild and those wildflowers come up it may not be food for us it's food for some part of that system it's it, you know wildflowers are pollinators will be attracted there so it's food for them they come into the system attracted to these flowers so then we get the yield of you know pollination because now we've got all of these little elements growing together so letting things be as much like a natural system will give us the biggest yield in terms of food for all beauty for all um and this beautiful um harmonious connection and interaction ah uh, i love that for all but on that note um why don't we take a break and when we come back we'll take this out of the garden and into our lives Every day of the week is my favorite, but I am especially fond of Wednesdays because every Wednesday evening we gather for bedtime stories. If you're unfamiliar with what this is, a bunch of us from the Living Spiritfully Collective gather on the Zoom for a chat, a giggle, and a little story time. Now today I'm with a group of our regulars. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi. So let's go around real quick and tell us what you love about bedtime stories. Leah, why don't we start with you? Okay, I love relaxing for 30 minutes with you, Paul, and just losing myself in you. Oh, Leah, I love you. Julie, what about you? For me, it's it's hump night, and I get to hang out with the gang for a few chuckles. Oh, chuckles are the best. <laughs> Richard, what do you love about bedtime stories? I love that this is the midway point through uh, the week. It bridges the beginning of the week, which always doesn't seem to end, to we're almost to the finish line. And Paul, you always get us there. You're the greatest at it. Oh, I love you too. Thanks, Richard. Joanna? I look forward every Wednesday to get together with my new group of friends and hearing a lovely little story just before bed. I love that. And I love you all. For those of you listening, you're all welcome to join. Check out the show notes for information on how to join we are here every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and I hope to see you there. You're listening to Come Alive, and we're talking about 
the permaculture principle of obtaining a yield. Let's talk about how it shows up in our lives. I like to tie it back to the story. So here we've got these men who were engaging in some drunken behavior. So that idea of, you know, looking at what we put in our bodies. And when we think of obtaining a yield, it means that we, we want to look at are we putting in our bodies that highest form of nutrition for the body? Are we fueling up, not just filling up? So, um, when, you know, when we look at when we look at our diet choices, is it food that fuels, that heals, that repairs, not just fills us up? You know, it, I, you, you make me think of something. So, I've decided that I want to display like my fruits and vegetables out in the open in my kitchen. Like things that don't go bad, that don't need to be in the refrigerator. But I have this beautiful like plate sort of serving platter that I put all of, you know, my avocados and, and apples and anything else. And I had lined up all of the avocados and I had said to them, I was like, all right guys, tomorrow can you remind me to eat you and I'm going to start with this one. And I was talking to the food and I'm like, oh, these foods are my friends. And what I mean by that is, is this avocado, I'm going to ingest it and then it's going to become part of me. It's going to help to build my physical system. And then that avocado gets to continue living within me and I get to continue living with that like abundance of nutrients that come from the avocado. So I was starting to think of the avocado as my friend that was going to help me build a healthier body. Oh my God. I, I love that because <laughs> here's where we're going to get into that spaceship and launch into a discussion. That's, that is absolutely, absolutely scientifically true. That is not woo-woo theory, <laughs> air quotes, woo-woo theory. Though when we think of when we think of vibration and the water, the water in that and the water in me, and we're having this relationship. And so talking to that food and saying, remind me to eat you um, is 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 not, um, <laughs> you know, it, I, I don't know what the word is, is like why don't we do this? It, because it is becoming a part of us. So it's a relationship. So where is the dialogue? And I've, I've even looked at my food and said, food, you know, be, be the highest vibration that you can possibly be. Um, you know, I, I infuse you with source energy, or I ask that you become, you know, the greatest, the connection to source. And when I, I ask that, um, you harmonize with my the needs of my body um so you know and i and i got this this, this is an isn't an idea that i came up with um i don't know if you've heard of anthony williams medical medium um so it's in it's in his book he talks about having this dialogue with with the the food because it is going to become a part of us and if we want to obtain a yield then it means what we put into us we want to be putting things in that regenerate, that, that, are, that are regenerative, that increase the health of our cells. Because there's a lot of foods, there's a lot of foods that actually degenerate our systems. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I'm using the, the word food loosely. Um, 
manufactured foods. There are a lot of additives that actually degenerate the body or cause the body to work so hard that it exhausts itself from processing what is in those food, those food additives that the body's got to work. So if we're talking about a yield, it's put those foods in that are actually going to increase the health of my cells and that don't tax my organs so that I have to do a whole bunch of extra work to get the benefit. Well, it makes me think of, uh, Back in the day when I had my flare-up of ulcerative colitis and I was looking into, um, you know, eating healthier foods and all of that stuff, what I was also looking at the stress that my digestive system was under and how that translated to me just being tired because literally all of my energy was going to my digestive system just to support it to break down the food that it needed to break down and assimilate into my body. And so um, I noticed, and that's why every once in a while, uh, while especially at the change of the seasons, I do a very simple diet so that my body can focus not so much on having to break down all of this stuff, but instead focus on adjusting to the transition because the food it's warm, it's mushy, it's already digested. All it needs to do is just take the nutrients and assimilate. Um, and I find that I have so much energy when I'm doing that because A, I'm, I'm eating more uh, whole foods. I'm eating more like, like ingredients from the grocery store, not f- manufactured food. Uh, sidebar, I love this. I have a friend who just got a job and she's like, oh, I work for this company and we make food products. And I was like, food products? What does that even mean? Like an avocado is not a food product. You know, a tomato that I've grown is not a food product. It's just strange. But anyways, um, it's just, it's it's really interesting to, when, when when I was starting to notice that, ah, when I consume this thing that my body not only has to break down, but my body has to fight off the inflammation from it, or my body has to, you know, readjust to it. You talk about degenerative foods that we eat, foods, air quote foods, um, that we eat that actually take energy and require more energy that you don't have. And then that's where you put in something that gives you that jolt of energy. And it just becomes this cycle of rowing the boat, but not untying it. That's exactly it. And I just thought of something else. Um, examining our own bodies and how foods react to our own bodies and and making sure that we're eating foods that align with our energies and support our energies um if if i i know there's a few foods that if i eat i i get sent out of balance or i have some you know, issues, digestive issues with them. So it's, it's even just noticing what foods are most beneficial for my own system and amplifying the intake of those and avoiding or reducing anything that taxes the system. So, right. Yeah. I also thought of, um, the water, like water that we're drinking. So, when, you know, when we talk about what we put in our bodies, making sure that we're putting the purest water in our bodies. Um, and that's water that's free of toxins, free of chemicals um, that, that don't, you know, 
those toxins and chemicals will interfere with our system, will actually break down our system. And the ones that I'm thinking of are fluoride, um, chlorine, which is in city water. So making sure that it's sat out um, so the chlorine dissipates from it. Um, glyphosate is another one that's in the water. So oh, that's... I know um, what that is. So that's um, the, it, it's uh, in, the, in fertilizers and chemicals and most commonly, uh, I won't say the brand name, but um, there's, there's a, quite a large one that is sprayed, used in industrial agriculture and it um, seeps into the water system. And when that's in the water system, then we're ingesting it. And that is actually what's causing a lot of what we see in, in the microbiome of everyone. <laughs> um, this, the play of this chemical that's in the water and it, it's pretty much everywhere now. Um, so we, we actually, we have a filter um, that we've got that filters out all of these kinds of things, including glyphosate. Mm. Yeah, I was looking into that filter when you and I had talked about this last year. That filter was sold out everywhere. Yeah. 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 And if anybody wants to really dig deep into this kind of stuff, Dr. Zach Bush has some great podcasts on the microbiome and the impact of this chemical. Um, and he is much more qualified to talk about it than I am and much more eloquent when it comes to talking about it. But yeah, but it's, but it's being mindful of this stuff. Yeah. And it is sold out. And, and that, that's what made me think of it is that um, lots of people are, are waking up to this. And so these things are getting sold out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the tying of the boat in the story. How does that tie into real life? <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. Back to the story and thinking of this boat aside, like how I think of how many situations in our lives, I'll, I'll speak from the eye. Okay. How many times in my life have I felt like I'm banging my head against the wall? I, you know, I, I think, I think of times, many times over my life where I had, I was so tied to an idea or how things should look that I just was chasing and fighting and pushing my way into an idea that I had in my head mm. um, instead of recognizing that, Hey, you know what, if I just, if I just sat back a little bit and watched where the doors are opening for me, rather than trying to kick open my own doors, I could have, I could have, <laughs> I could have uh, obtained a yield a lot easier with a lot less effort. That is exhausting too. You know, I was talking about earlier eating things and then zapping my energy but then also being or forcing trying to force a relationship of some sort whether it's with another person or with um an activity that you're not necessarily interested in anymore it doesn't accentuate your joy it actually steals your joy that's uh, another way that our energy is taken from us right? absolutely exhausting trying to make that happen exhausting trying to make it happen and then sometimes it doesn't even happen so there is no yield because it comes it comes back to like what do i what do i need to let go of what do i need to untie myself from you know what ideas am i tied to 
that are pr actually preventing me from getting a yield or uh, you know, robbing me of, of whatever, it, robbing me of the thing that I actually really at the heart of it want because I've crammed it into an idea of how it should look. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. My yield as of late is peace and joy. If there's not peace and joy and with that ease in relationships, in activities, in the food that I eat, in anything, that's uh that's a uh, this door's closed. <laughs> yeah. Exit only, go in another entrance or whatever. That's why I like this I story and I really love this principle. Yeah. In my life I've had to look at and work on being open to receiving things being open to receive from the universe, being open to receive from others. I don't know how sometimes we get programmed to forget that joy is our birthright, that we are joy. We come to this world as joy. And then these layers of programming get on us that, I don't know, make us afraid to be joyful or make us think that we don't, we, we don't deserve that joy. And so I've, I've had to work on being that openness, like let these good things come, mm -hmm. follow these good things that elevate and embrace my heart. Uh, not my words, not my words. They're Nishala Joy Devi in a, in a book called the secret power of yoga. But she, she says, and I, this quote like landed with me and I was like, oh my God, dedicate yourself to something that elevates and embraces your heart. Oh my gosh, that's what conversations with you are like for me. <laughs> but I love that. And that is so perfect for this. Yeah. Right? Because that's that's basically what this is about. Why we obtain the yield, why we do yeah. the work that we do to elevate and embrace our hearts. Yeah. I love it. Makes, it. What you were talking about too, you know, saying that joy is our birthright. There's a reason why babies are called bundles of joy, right? It's oh like, my God. <laughs> and I just whacked myself in the face with my crystal, but, um, and it like, I, we could still be bundles of joy, not as babies, as adults. Let's okay. Accountability partner right now. We're holding each other accountable to being bundles of joy. Let's be bundles of joy. <laughs> I'm declaring being a bundle of joy right here, right now. If you're All with right. us listening, hit us up in the Facebook group. Let us know that you're also committing to being a bundle of joy. <laughs> and you know what? I would love to hear people's stories about how did you show up as a bundle of joy? Like <laughs> yes. what, what, came, what came to life? Yeah. Yeah, and we have our email too, comealivepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah, and you know what? I um, We didn't talk about this, but we're going to talk about it now. That's that's part of the homework. Be a bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it too. So for our homework, in addition to being a bundle of joy, mm -hmm. this week, let's make a note of what we're eating and what we're getting from it. So being mindful of what we're eating and being mindful of how we feel yes. when, we're, when we're about to eat it and after we've eaten it. Ooh, I like that. 
also maybe consider not just looking at what we consume food wise but what we're consuming information wise what we're consuming electronically what we're consuming um, by what we're reading what we're listening to who we're hanging around what energy we're consuming and in what form and how it makes us feel and share all of this um, as much as you're willing to share with us in the Living Spiritfully Collective Facebook group. Link for that is in the show notes. Or if you're not on the Facebook, send us an email, comealivepodcast at gmail.com. I think that is pretty much our show for today. Before we sign off, Catherine, anything else to add? Be a bundle of joy. Be a bundle of joy. I love that. Thank you for being my bundle of joy today. Oh, and, and likewise, I feel joyful in this moment yeah i love that i love love it this is a perfect way to sign off remember we're meant to thrive we're meant to be a bundle of joy how will you come alive Come Alive, the Living Spiritfully Guide to Thriving is a regenerative living production in association with Polarin Studios and The Elementals. Executive producer, Catherine Stilo. Co-producer and sound engineer, Paul Deloro. Inspired by and dedicated to Mother Earth, our bio-intelligence and the spirit that moves through all things. A big thank you to our sponsors of today's episode and much love to you, our community, for subscribing to and sharing this podcast. <laughs>